Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 16, verses 1 through 21, called Bread of Heaven. The manna was there from heaven, but he didn't drop it into their mouths. And your Bible will not fly off your nightstand, drop onto your noggin, and via osmosis, enter in. You actually have to make a move. You've got to go and get what God has dropped down. And here's how you do it. You open the word of God. Read the proverb that matches the day of the month. Read the psalm that matches the day of the month. Do something. Get some manna today. Amen. Get it into you, man. You need it more than you think you do. And if you don't do it pretty early in the day and get into the word of God, you know what ends up happening? You get in your car, you get on the freeway, you start living, and you're grumble, 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 grumble. And we're like, what's wrong with you? Well, no manna today, huh? <laughs> Tell me to read my Bible. We are called to ingest what God has dropped. The Bible has come to us literally from heaven. And we are called to open it and let it feed our souls. And I won't go over all the statistics with you about the sad commentaries in the evangelical world about Bible knowledge and Bible reading. And and there's many different ways to get it. You can listen to it. You can listen to sermons. You can put on that audio Bible. You, You can multitask. You can... There's a number of ways to hear the word of God and read the word of God. Even one verse is better than no verses. Well, we need it. And so Moses and Aaron said to the sons of Israel, at evening you will know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord. For he hears your grumblings against the Lord. And what are we that you grumble against us? Tough gig leadership can be. <laughs> Why are you complaining against us? What do you want me to do? You ever had your kids complain to you or somebody? What do you want me to do about it? <laughs> right? Can I fix it for you? So get this. Harvard University was founded in 1636. Its stated purpose was to train literate clergy. Among its mottos were Veritas Christo et Ecclesi truth of Christ and the church, and in Christum Glorium, to the glory of Christ. Now Harvard has hired an atheist as its chief chaplain. And no, this is not a joke. Quoting from Dr. Michael Brown. As reported by the New York Post, the spiritual leader doesn't need a higher power. Harvard's university's organization of chaplains is getting a new president to coordinate the campus Christian, Jewish, Hindu, Buddhist, and assorted other religions, religious communities. The new president, 44-year-old Greg Epstein, does not identify with any of those traditional religions himself. He is an atheist. 
But how can an atheist be a university chaplain, you ask? Well, Epstein explained to the New York Times that there is a rising group of people who no longer identify with any religious tradition but still experience a real need for conversation and support around what it means to be a good human and live an ethical life. We don't look, quoting him now, to God or a God for answers. We are each other's answers. And all I can say is, good luck! You mean to tell me that you people are going to meet at Harvard, look at one another, and find the answers in one another? <laughs> Rots a ruck. Are you kidding me? But this is, this is the mindset of humanism. Oh, we don't need a God. Well, we'll just have conversations. Really? And so the only problem is with uh, Epstein's explanation is, well, everything, says Brown. <laughs> he may believe in God or not. He may follow a religion or not. This is his own business. But he may have same, some great ideas about an ethical life. But to be a chaplain, by definition, means to be a religious leader, says Brown. Not simply a department head or an administrator or someone who believes in ethical living. And so to appoint an atheist to be chief university chaplain is like appointing a Christian evangelist to head up the university's atheist club or a devout Muslim to head up the university's Judaism club or it is a total contradiction he says in both purpose and logic and it is now I feel like grumbling and sometimes you know I, I look at Harvard University founded on training up clergy for the ministry and now they're so far gone, they put an atheist as the head of their chaplains. And people, most people will not even give it a second thought. And Moses said, why, why, are, you, why are you looking to us? I, I can't answer this. And look, if Moses can't answer it, I don't think the chaplains club at Harvard's going to answer it. <laughs> but the Bible says that man did eat the bread of angels and God sent them food in abundance, Psalm 78, 25. And Moses said, this is what's going to happen. When the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening, eight, and bread to the full in the morning, for the Lord hears your grumblings, which you grumble against him. And what are we? Your grumblings are not against us, but against the Lord. And all God's people said, ouch. You mean to tell me that just about every time I've complained about something that heaven heard it. And maybe what I thought I was complaining about was more against a complaint to my father than it was to the person sitting next to me. I mean, I wonder how many times our conversations have digressed into complaining sessions and heaven was like, oh, really? Boy, you've got it so bad. Mm-hmm. Michael, Archangel, take note of that, would you? <laughs> Not that God needs Michael to take notes, but. The Lord hears when we complain. <laughs> Yikes. And Moses, who's now learned the gift of delegation, said to Aaron, say to the congregation of the sons of Israel, come near before the Lord for he has heard your grumblings. I love the strategic delegation. Aaron, you tell him. 
God's calling you into his office. And all God's people said, rut row. <laughs> Come forward. He hears your grumblings. Come into my office. It reminds me of the Wizard of Oz. Lion, come forth. Tell me when it's over. Tell me when it's over. (laughs) And it came about as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the sons of Israel. They looked toward the wilderness and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. I just wrote in my notes, can God's glory enter into our grumblings? Apparently so. And God manifested himself, it would appear here in a more spectacular way. And I don't, I don't know all the details of this, but he appeared in the cloud and the people looked. And sometimes all you have to do is take a fresh look at God and it quiets everything in your grumbling heart. Amen. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, I've heard the grumblings of the sons of Israel 12. Speak to them saying, at twilight you shall eat meat and in the morning you shall be filled with bread and you shall know that I am the Lord, your God. God's saying, I guess I I have to prove myself to you again, huh? You haven't seen enough. And I know as a human being, that's probably how we all feel, right? We we almost have to re-believe over and over again, despite how much we've experienced. And so the Lord promises what's coming. And it came about at evening that quails came up and covered the camp And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp, just as the Lord promised. Meat in the evening, bread in the morning. Quails mentioned here migrate regularly between South Europe and Arabia across the Sinai Peninsula. They're small bullet-headed birds with a strong but low flight, usually roosting on the ground or in low bushes at nightfall. When exhausted, the quail would be unable to take off again. The birds are good eating. They're a delicacy among Egyptians and There they landed, and Israel got the bread in the morning and the quails in the evening, and this is the first uh, institution of a quail McGriddle, just so you guys know. Anyway. (laughs) And when the layer of dew evaporated, 14, behold, on the surface of the wilderness, there was a fine flake-like thing, fine as the frost on the ground. We read some of the details. We know it was sweet as honey in other scriptures, etc. And when the sons of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? Let's go back to the picture just for a second. And you can imagine it was on the ground, right? And uh, one, one scholar I read this week said, you could probably translate this. What should we call it? What should we call it? What is it? And I wonder if they said, what is it with a little attitude? Here's some free advice. If you're ever at somebody's house, friend, in-law, family member, and something gets served to you, do not ever say, what is it? Because you may be wearing it. Can I get a witness? Or your mom or dad says something like this, dinner's at 6 p.m. Response, what are you making? Don't do that, because mama has a gun. <laughs> don't, don't do that. That's, that's a bad career move. So after first service, lady comes up to me, and she's sweet sister in our fellowship. I think her family's watching right now. She said, some years ago, they were invited over to a Greek home, and the uh, lady of the home served up fish head soup. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
We would love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with a question that you might have had on the teaching today, or maybe you have a question about something else, or you need encouragement or prayer. Maybe you would like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have blessed you. You can email Pastor Michael at this email address, contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. Once more, contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. And when the sons of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? Let's go back to the picture just for a second. And you can imagine, it was on the ground, right? And uh, one, one scholar I read this week said, you could probably translate this, what should we call it? What should we call it? What is it? And I wonder if they said, what is it with a little attitude? Here's some free advice. If you're ever at somebody's house, friend, in-law, family member, and something gets served to you, do not ever say, what is it? Because you may be wearing it. Can I get a witness? Or your mom or dad says something like this. Dinner's at 6 p.m. Response, what are you making? Don't do that. Because mama has a gun. <laughs> don't, don't do that. That's, that's a bad career move. So after first service, lady comes up to me and she's sweet sister in our fellowship. I think her family's watching right now. She said, some years ago, they were invited over to a Greek home and the uh, lady of the home served up fish head soup. And so the kids were looking at their mother for direction. And mom was trying to ingest the soup and not look at the eyes staring back. And, um, oh, it's wonderful. Breaking a commandment. Oh, it's great, great soup. And so she ate it, you know, selflessly doing the right thing. And the woman was so impressed with her like of the fish head soup, she said, here's another bowl. No, 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 I'm famished. I couldn't eat another bite. And they said, what is it? It's a divine gift. It's the bread of heaven. And this is what the Lord has commanded. We're winding down now. Gather of it every man as much as he should eat. You shall take an omer apiece according to the number of persons each of you has in his tent. An omer is about seven and a half pints or about two quarts. Just manna for today. Just enough for what you need. And the sons of Israel did so, and some gathered much and some little. And when they measured it with an omer, he who had gathered much had no excess. He who had gathered little had no lack. Some see a miracle here, like no matter how much they gathered, it was the right amount. And some others just say they followed the instruction. Every man gathered as much as he should eat. And into the household went the manna. And God met the need with the quail and the manna. And we're told in 2 Corinthians 8.15, just something you can note, Paul's writing about giving, a, a giving church, giving to poor saints. And he says, as it is written, he who gathered much did not have too much, and he who gathered little had no lack. 2 Corinthians 8.15. And his point is that when we give selflessly to others, what will happen is we'll be fulfilling the priorities of God's kingdom. 
When we sacrifice for other people, we'll be doing what is kind of the deeper lesson of the kingdom here. So Moses said to them, let no man leave any of it until morning. But they did not listen to Moses and left part of it until morning and it bred worms and became foul. And Moses was angry with them. You could kind of see Moses. All right, a couple of just minor things. Just get enough for your household and don't leave. There's no leftovers. Clean your plate. This is the first clean your plate because there's other people starving all over the world. So you got to eat everything, right? And, and don't leave any till the morning. And somebody assuredly, oh, you know what? I think I'm just going to put a little bit over here. No, God will meet you tomorrow. He said, this is going to be an everyday provision. You just gather it daily. I don't know. And they hid it away and it began to stink. Whenever you don't trust God, your life starts to become foul. Amen? And worms were coming out and it was kind of a sad thing. And as I mentioned earlier, this was a lesson of daily dependence. Manna saved was manna forfeited. The bigger lesson Jesus taught is, I don't want you worrying about tomorrow. You seek me today. I'll meet you tomorrow. And so they gathered it morning by morning. Final verse. Notice, brethren, morning by morning, every man as much as he should eat. But when the sun grew hot, it would melt. And I think what God was doing in this final verse is he was saying to his people, I want you to learn that my mercies are new every morning, not afternoon. <laughs> oh, they're still there in the afternoon. Uh, I'm famous for doing this. See if you can relate. Those little uh, alarms we have on our phone, I set usually three of them. Let's see. I'll wake up at 7.05, but if that doesn't work out, 7.10. If that doesn't work out, 7.15. What I've essentially done is guaranteed that I will wake up at 7.15. But it's good to have a backup plan. And the alarm goes off. You know how annoying that alarm is. Everybody in the household's mad at you. <laughs> Some of you just sleep through it. And then you just, ah, five more minutes. Tell me a story. <laughs> Where's my blankie? When we don't seek the Lord first thing in the morning, you know what happens to us? Sometimes we don't seek him at all. It kind of, I think the Lord's teaching the children of Israel a pace of the day. I want you morning by morning to gather this up so you have what you need, sustenance for today. I already told you don't worry about tomorrow. But what about, what are we, what are, no, today. Decide to stop worrying about tomorrow, today. I'll have the, the manna for you out there in the morning. Just take it in. Today. Open the word of God. Today. Make no declarations about tomorrow. I'll meet you there. I'll take care of it. Just trust me today. Now, communion's coming around. We're at a communion Sunday. And if you don't have the elements, would you raise up your hand so that the ushers can get them to you? We have some over here in the front, some back here. So as they're coming around, would you guys put up John chapter 6 on the screen? You guys don't have to turn there because I know you are starting to take the elements. But I want to show you a concluding text. And then we'll take the elements and do a final song here. Jesus has just fed the 5,000. And the people 
have located him. They've kind of chased him down. And this is John 6. And they come to him and they said, when they found him, John 6, 25, on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Or loose translation, where was you? <laughs> I often mess with my wife and do, do this thing where I say to her, either where was you or where were you? And I do it pretty much just to be annoying. <laughs> She's like, exactly. <laughs> where was you? Anyway. <laughs> and so the people, they come and they, they're like, where were you? And, you got any more of that garlic bread with mozzarella on top? <laughs> and Jesus said, truly I say to you, truly, truly I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Now, listen to this. Don't work for the food which perishes. I think of melting and worms and etc. But for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you, for on him the Father, God, has set his seal. And so Jesus, they ask about, you know, what sign he's going to do and skip down to verse 31. They ask about the sign and they say, our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread out of heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, Lord, always give us this bread. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger. And he who believes in me will never thirst. You've been listening to Bread of Heaven, Part 3 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 16, 1-21. If you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you could do us a favor and encourage a friend or a family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this radio station. Same if you're listening to podcasts, you can click the share button. If Pastor Michael's teachings have been a blessing to you, then hopefully they'll be the same to someone else you care about. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, the bottom line is that the bread of heaven, the manna that came down, is a picture, a picture of Christ Jesus, the bread of God. And on another level, of course, manna is a picture of God's word. We need it every single day. We need to pick it up, if you will, just like they did with the manna. Take it in, make it part of us, and do it again the next day because we need manna for today. It's not enough to think about a meal you had yesterday and have it satisfy you. We need God's word every day, the manna, the bread of God. And getting in a routine of Bible study or Bible reading sometimes could be a challenge. And some of you have made some New Year's resolutions in regard to your Bible reading. And that can be a good thing, but I will just say this. It's not about a race. It's it's about making sure that you get some of the word every day, whether that's a psalm a day, which I often will read, uh, a proverb a day. Sometimes I'll just take uh, the day of the week 
the day of the month, if it's the fifth, I might read Isaiah 5. Um, I don't always go chronologically through, but I'm teaching through books of the Bible. And then I've done reading plans where I've gone straight through and followed the reading plan and all of that. I would just say, let the Spirit lead you in that regard, but have a plan to get into your Bible. Because the more you get into your Bible, the more it gets into you. And the more it will produce fruit in your life. Hey, this is Pastor Michael Lance, and you are listening to Walk in Truth. And one of my favorite sections in the book of Exodus is next. It's Exodus 17, the battle with Amalek as Moses stands up on the hill with his hands lifted high. The message, lean on me. It's tomorrow on Walk in Truth. I'm excited to present it to you. Hey, would you tell a friend about what you're hearing? Have them tune into to, uh, the broadcast in the next several um, broadcasts because it will be very important, insightful information and encouraging for all of us to lean into the Lord. We'll see you right here next time. God bless. And remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. Also, more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $10 a month or give a one-time gift. Please visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 17 and 18 called Lean on Me. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.